Dylan, we just love you and your family, God. Yeah. I've known you for years. You were in church when I got saved. Uh, my wife and I got saved in the islands. She's been a part of our church for a long time. She's a faithful, faithful woman, God. And I just bless you. Pastor Karen's eternal family. We just bless you today. A number of years ago, I had a dream. And in the dream, I was there in 1980 and 81. In Maui, when that church exploded, and it went to 700 people that first year. You were there too. I was there in my dream. You were there. You were part of it. I moved to the Spirit of God where. Over the next year, 700 a year after that, I think it went to 2,000, and became the fastest growing church in America. And, and that's this church. That's this church in the 881 back in Maui, the islands. And you were there. I had a dream that I was there also, and the, what that excitement was like. People coming, rushing, services packed out, having to go to extra services. Having a new pastor, just all the excitement and the thrill, hard work. I was there in my dream and saw all of it. What she represents to me and my wife is, is that. You represent revival to us. And what God did through a young pastor of 30 years old who moved to Maui, Dr. James Morocco, who is my spiritual father. And you've always been a source of encouragement. You just, just, just be here. Just be who you are. Wherever you are, it's been an encouragement to us. We see your posts on Facebook and your family. And we bless you tonight. We bless you tonight. That's not the word. That's just from the heart. Here's the word. I'm going to cause fire to come on you in the next month and the months to come. And that fire is going to bring a great refining to your home, to your family. Just the next level, not that there's a whole bunch of stuff that needs to be refined, but the next level. And I, I heard the Lord calling a look down. I heard that scripture, which I've heard over a number of people before. But it says, Village life ceased until I, Deborah, arose. The Lord calls you Deborah. And there is a gift of leadership that's upon you. And you're going to rise. You're going to rise. If you're able to make it to this women's thing, you come. And, and God is going to cause a gift of leadership to flow through you. That which has seemingly disqualified you in last season will not disqualify you in this season. You are qualified, gifted, anointed. I've put placed my heart within you, says the Lord, and I've given you discernment, compassion for people, and out of your belly is going to flow rivers of living water to touch the women of this house, the women of this community. And there's been, uh, you've been like hidden, but I'm bringing you forward, I'm bringing you out, and I'm releasing you into a new level of anointing and fire, says the Lord, because, because women need to speak. You're a, you're a, you're a mother in Israel, and you're not as old as the hills So I just release that prophetic word. Let your fire come. Refresher! Let your fire come! Refresher go right now. And we're going to be in this. We just start it. Command it to go. Right there. Thank you. Come on, lift your voice to Jesus. Come on, love.
turn to the book of Acts tonight. Book of Acts. Hallelujah. Chapter 20. And find verse 24. Acts 20, verse 24. But I count my life of no value to myself, so that I may finish my course, and the ministry I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of God's grace. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for tonight, for your presence, for the anointing, the burden-lifting, yoke-destroying anointing that we all sense. Move in power, God, through the preaching of your word tonight. Touch those online. Touch the Haggerty's online. Minister to people. Across the miles, through the World Wide Web, God, through the podcast, through us as we take notes and preach it to others. Move in power, God, tonight, in the name of Jesus. If you have the freedom to pray in the Spirit, go ahead. We give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to somebody, slap and five, and say, this is going to be good. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Let me ask you tonight, what do you want to do with your life? I mean, what do you want to do with the, your life? You have been given a gift. Time. You've been given the breath of life. God's touched you. God saved you. Hopefully. If he hasn't, stick around. We can remedy that by the end of the service. What do you want to do with your life? Say, well, I, I want to be a businessman. Praise God. Do it for the glory of the Lord. You say, well, I want to be a, a professional athlete. Practice, 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 and play for God with all your heart. You say, well, I want to be, I want to be used in, in the theater. Wonderful. Do it for the glory of God. Be a burning, shining lamp for Him. Do, do it. Live the dream that God's given for you. God has a vision. God's got a plan. He knows the plans He has for you. Jeremiah 29, 11. Plans to give you a hope in the future. Not to harm you, but to give you a hope in the future. You call on Him and He'll answer you. God's got a plan. Come on, somebody say God's got a plan. God's got a vision for you. What would the Apostle Paul say if you asked him the same question? What do you want to do with your life? The Apostle Paul, if you asked him that, before his conversion, he'd probably say, well, I'm going to be the high priest. He might say, I want to be the leading scholar in Israel, teaching the Torah. But if you ask him the question after his conversion, his answer would be entirely different. Because on the road to Damascus, a man by the name of Saul was impacted by the power of God. Jesus spoke to him and said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Saul, having received letters from the high priest to go persecute those who were of the way. The way was what the church was called in the first century. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life. And so he went with these letters to persecute to basically kill and persecute Christians. And he's on the road and a light shines around him. And Jesus meets him and says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And for just a rabbit trail that's worth taking, I want to say that it's interesting that Saul is persecuting Christians all over the place. But Jesus says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? When you speak against another believer, when you speak against another church, when you speak against another ministry, you are persecuting Jesus is who you're persecuting. That doesn't mean you should jump around from church to church. 
You should find there is one church, but there's local expressions. God has ordained it that way. There can definitely be greater unity, but you need to be committed somewhere so you can grow in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And if you're not committed, you need to just get rid of that and they can be committed. Be a person who lives in covenant. Amen. Be a part of a vision. If you ask Paul, who was then Saul, what is the vision that he would have for his life, he would recount to you the words of Jesus. To be a, a witness to the Gentiles, to turn them from the power of Satan to the power of God. That's what he would say. In this text, the Apostle Paul, and now we have notes. Do you have notes tonight? All right, you go ahead, fill those in as we move along. The Apostle Paul is sharing his final words to the church in Ephesus, actually the Ephesian leaders he's talking to. And they've come to meet with him and he realizes that this is basically his last visit. And the last words of Paul to his leaders, he writes this section here, verse 17, and following to verse 38. It's his farewell address to the leaders of Ephesus. And he's just told them in previous verses, we didn't read it, but you can look at it later if you like. He just told them about how the Holy Spirit has warned him that when he gets to Jerusalem, prison and hardship would await him. Verse 24, he shares his desire in life. You know, I, I don't know about you, but if God was to tell me, by the way, you suffer tremendous persecution, and everywhere you go, you have prophets prophesying over you. Agabus takes his belt, ties it around his wrist, says in this way you'll be bound when you get to Jerusalem. And he still goes. He still obeys. Come on, how many of you, you don't need to raise your hand, but I mean, how many of you, be, you know, maybe think about if a prophet came to you and said, you're going to get really beat up. When you go to this place that you're going to go to, you'd be like, well, that's not the will of God, so I'm not going. Right? Yeah, because in Western Christianity, we just basically see it as us to have, you know, all our comforts taken care of and to make sure we got batteries in our remotes and we've got our heat working and, and you know, and then that everything's okay. But I'm going to tell you something. God can use you in a very hard and difficult situation and, and use you in the midst of that. Can God trust you like he trusted the Apostle Paul to be on a ship called Andromeda, that that ship would then be tattered on the rocks so that all of those souls would be saved? You think that was fun to go through a, a nor'easter? Come on, out of the book of Acts, chapter 27. You all know what I'm talking about? Saul, Paul, rather, is there, and he goes through this tremendous storm. And we think, well, how could that be the will of God? Could it be the will of God that all those, was it, I forget the number, 270 souls or something are saved because, because there's a man, there's a guy who believes, there's a guy who's on a, on a mission, there's a guy who's been given a vision, and he's not going to be moved by a storm. He's not going to be moved by opposition. He's not going to be moved by gossip or stones being thrown at him. He's going to stay the course. He's going to finish the race. He's going to go on to fulfill, fulfill the vision that God has given him. And, he, and because he was on that boat, because he was obeying God, those souls on that boat were spared. Can God trust you like that? See, I don't know. Can he trust you like that, Pastor? I don't know. I guess we'll see. We don't know what's ahead. Verse 24, he shares the desire of his life. And his desire in life does not revolve around himself. Now that is revelation. If you think about the things that you desire, I would venture to say that for most of us, and I'm, I'm going to throw myself in with a lot, many of those things revolve around desires that are mine. Now here's what happens as you grow in God. As you grow in God, your desires become His. His desires, He writes on your heart. And then they become yours, and really you begin to desire what he desires, and anything else you don't want that anymore. Does that make sense, or is that confusing? See, he's the one that puts the desires on your heart, and then he, as you delight yourself in him, he brings about the desires of your heart. The Apostle Paul, it didn't resolve or revolve, his life, his dream didn't revolve around him. 
solely his needs, what he wanted in his flesh, I'm talking about. His desire was to finish the race. Go ahead, fill the notes into what? To finish the race. He was set on a course. We're all in a race, people. Every one of us. And there were times when I've really thought about my life and said, man, I'm, I'm 45 now, I'll be 46, 46 in July, and I'm just thinking, Jesus, can you just stop the clock or do something? Because I felt like I just got started. I burned a whole bunch of years before that, and for a while I had deep regret. I had deep regret. You said, do you have regret now? Well, I'm not happy about some of the decisions I made when I was a younger man, because I still paid for those things. Yeah. They still, the consequences still play out in my life. But I've come to understand this. That God is supernaturally doing things at a rate that's beyond what my time clock is. You see, Joel chapter 2, verse 25. How many of you burned a bunch of years and you wish you did? <laughs> but here's the thing. Joel 2.25 says, I'll restore all the years that the locusts have taken. There was like a band of locusts, an army of locusts that was launched upon our lives, many of us. And it ate up a whole bunch of time. And we think, well, if I can't do it, I mean, I look at Minister Alex, and I look at, 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 uh, at Mike of Bassoni, and, and some of these different ones that are younger, and I just go, Jesus, help me right now. If I, if I, I wish I had a head start like this guy, like this precious couple. And when I was his age, I thought I was all that bag of chips and three Coca-Colas, and frankly, I didn't know anything. I was totally stupid, dumber than a box of rocks. I was suave, debonair, tall, had great hairline. It's <laughs> a schmoozer and a talker, and filled with strife, filled with myself. I was filled with self. The Apostle Paul. His dreams didn't revolve around himself. His dream revolved around finishing the race. His desire, look at three, is to complete the task the Lord Jesus had given. Let's look at those three things that apply here to our, our lives. What is the vision that God has given for us? You've got to focus our life on God's vision for your life. You must focus your life. Listen to me. Let me help you. You must focus your life on the vision that God has given you for your life. If you do not focus your life on what God has given you, the vision for you, and we'll talk about corporate vision, we'll talk about individual vision, but if you don't run the race as to win, focus on the vision that God's given you. If you don't do that, then in the end you will really Suffer loss, and we stand before it on the sea of glass on the great and dreadful day of the Lord, where you must give an account for every word that you spoke, the way that you lived, and the time was allotted to you. This is just an internship, ladies and gentlemen. 70, 80, 90, maybe you live to 100. It's just an internship. We think this is it. This is not it. You're passing through, and you, you, your life is but a vapor. You've got to keep in mind the purpose. For what God's doing. And as you go into eternity and into the millennium, let me just tell you that your purpose is not over. Amen. Some people think we get a glorified body, he gives you a heart, and you just go, pretty, pretty, and you just, no, that's not what happens. There's a new heaven, there's a new earth, you walk and you have ministry on it. Yeah. Some of you are like, what? I thought heaven was a brain, brain thing when they, you know. <laughs> We just get to fly around and go, Jesus beautiful, he's beautiful. And you know, we do. You know what I mean? And there is, yes, Jesus is beautiful, is overwhelming, is glory. No mocking that, but you, you don't understand that. Many people don't understand that there's a, you're going to rule and you're going to reign. There's, there's ministry for you, and the ancient is yet to come, and you're being trained right now. You're being trained now. You might think that you're old, but I'm going to tell you something, you're not old. Amen. We're all going to live forever. Where you live is dependent upon the decisions that you make. Even tonight. The vision that God has for you is beyond now. It goes into the, the age that is yet to come. Don't live for now. The Apostle Paul knew that. He was focused.
focused on the vision that God had for him. You and I need to be focused on the vision that God has for your life. Now, in order for this to happen, <laughs> we have to deny self. Oh, bummer. I don't know about you, but I have just been on the couch of perpetual pleasure with turkey dinners and apple pies. Jesus helped me almost bust up my suit this morning. Glory to God, it's time to get back on my routine. Time to eat right. I don't, you know, I, gluttony is the one sin that we just allow ourselves as Christians. Was that just me, or are you lying tonight? Oh, okay. Praise God. I know some of you are in great control of your, your physical appetites, and uh, I am too, but sort of at Thanksgiving, I just sort of go, oh. Can you say that? Okay, now hold on a second. Are you? It's a cute scripture, I believe. I am crucified with Christ, yet I live. Are you? Are you really? Well, then how is it that you freaked out and ripped your husband's head off just the other night? How is it that you got so irritated that you just demeaned your wife in front of your kids and just totally blew off and flew off the head? How is it that you just played video games in the all hours of the night, burned your eyes out of your head, following images, looking at images that you probably shouldn't be looking at? How is it then that you were on the internet? preaching tonight. How is it that you would be on the internet and expose yourself to all the pollution and stuff that you know? You know you should be done. I am crucified. Are you? I'm going to tell you who, what you do in the dark. That is who you are. Oh yeah. What you do in the dark when nobody can see and nobody will know. That is the level of Christianity you're at, and somebody ought to say amen. Amen. In order for us to fulfill vision, we've got to deny ourselves. Some say they're really they're doing God's will, but really they're doing theirs with God's name on it. I said some believe or even declare they're doing God's will, but really they're doing their will and they put a God stamp on it. The second thing is we must finish the race without getting disqualified. When I was a swimmer, I, I, uh, I swam and went to the Junior Olympics and uh, had a gift for swimming. Pastor Vince was a, was a competitive swimmer. Did you know that? All American. All American? I didn't know that. I'm just a... When I was a swimmer, I went to the I went to the Junior Olympics. I mean, it was a really really big deal. And uh, I they said you can win, just do your best if you can win. And I, I I competed in in breaststroke and uh, freestyle. 
And on the breaststroke, I was against this guy that was really good, and you know, they said you're gonna really have to pull. And so I, I'm gonna have remember. You remember getting on the blocks, just and legs would just be shaking, and you'd have to get back. Boom! And you'd have to just go with everything you got. I'm finishing. I'm I'm ahead by, you know, three or four body lengths. I'm going to win. And when I got to the end of the pool, I raced with one hand. And that is how you don't finish that way. You finish with two hands. And because I tapped with one and then brought my other, because I wasn't concentrating, I got disqualified. I cried. I could almost cry now. See. I cried. Oh, it was a heartbreak. My dad was brokenhearted. My family's like, what were you thinking? I'm like, I don't know. I got disqualified. Do you know you can be disqualified? Praise the Lord. Look at with me in 1 Corinthians 9. You're like, I don't think I want to look there. I know. I know it's a hard scripture. Come on. Well, here we go. You know what meat is? Meat, the meat of the word, not milk. You know what meat is? Meat is the kind of word that hits you and you go, ooh, I don't like that, but I want it. Yes, that's meat. Forces you to change. Forces you to look at stuff in your life that isn't right. Forces you to deal with things on the inside of you that it'd be easier if you just sort of push that around and then just sing, I am crucified with Christ, you know, instead of actually being crucified. I'm being convicted personally. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24. Do you know that in a race, all runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way, everybody say run in such a way. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown. Man, that's been highlighted for me recently, the crown thing. I'm going to have to preach on that. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No. I beat my body and make it my slave. So that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. He says, I deal with my fallen human nature so it doesn't, so I don't lose out. Are you dealing with your fallen human nature? Are you dealing with the fallenness of self? Are you dealing with the things that could disqualify? Are you putting your flesh down? Colossians 3. Verse 5, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Put to death. Put to, put to death. You know, it's a hard thing to put yourself to death, yourself. And you know, I'll tell you, the only way you could do that is by being filled with the Holy Ghost and being prayed up and being accountable. See, because sometimes God's trying to put things to death, but you just think it's all good. And then you can hopefully have somebody who loves you, cares for you enough, that'll speak in your life and say, you know that thing you got right there? That's going to hurt you. And you're like, what thing? That one. Where? Right there. And you go, oh. Yeah. And then you humble yourself. Look, if you're not teachable, you ain't going to make it. God brings you people. Sometimes we like it with the way that they come. Other times we don't. But God brings you people to correct you. Why? To train you so that, so that you can finish the race, so that you can run, so that you can put to death the flesh, put to death the things that are going to disqualify you, put to death the things that are going to hold you back from fulfilling the dream that God has for you. I don't know about you, but I just want to go to a whole new level in God. I want to go to a new level in God. I'm asking God, put your finger on things that might, that might disqualify me. Show me. We've prayed that for years. And I got a text from somebody in our Anchorage church. And they text me today, and they say, I've got an idea of how you can make Anchorage Church better. So I said, wonderful. What is it? And they full-on rebuked me. 
which was awesome. I thank them for rebuking me. I don't believe it's 100% true, but maybe there's a portion of this, so I'm going to eat it. I thanked them. I said, praise the Lord. Thank you for sharing. You know, the, 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 the danger is, as pastors, just talk to leaders, leaders, business leaders, people, you lead anything, let me just tell you, some of, sometimes we don't want to do that because then you think that person is going to come and continue to run and try to rule you. I'm not even letting anybody rule me. If somebody wants to come and bring the next rebuke that's not God, I'll be slapping them back. But this one, you know, spiritually speaking. Oh, my wife said that sounds terrible. Does that sound terrible? Come on, wounds from a friend are better than a kisses from an enemy. So if somebody if somebody comes after me and I perceive that they're trying to control me, then I'm going to wound them back and tell them you have a control thing or whatever the Lord would have me share with them. But the point is when somebody speaks into my life, whether they be following the Lord for 20 years or got saved a week ago, it does not matter. God wants to use, if he can use a donkey, he can use anybody. I'm not calling them a donkey, bless them. It's awesome. They were dead on right, I think, for about 15%, maybe 20. All right, so I'm going to swallow it, and I'm going to pray about the rest of it. What is it? What did they say? I'm not telling you. No, you're good. <laughs> I'll tell you. All right. My all-American swimming friend. The only way to keep from being disqualified is to get over all of those things. And to make sure I, I don't want to, I don't want to be disqualified. I want to, I want to finish. Bam! Two hands on the edge of the pool. I want to win. Anybody else want to win in here? No, you really want to win. But you want to fulfill what God's called you to. You want to fulfill what God's called you to. You, or are you just sort of in it, sort of stumbling around aimlessly? Turn to Second Timothy. Paul writes to Timothy. You know, while you're turning there, 2 Timothy 4. You know, church is great. And I, I, I love church for many, many reasons. And I, I love our church family. I put that up on Facebook today. I just love our church family. And I, I, I'm amazed at what God's doing in our midst. One of the reasons church is important is so you can hear messages like this. You know, I love the ones where you're preaching and spitting and people are getting slain and power gods everywhere. And it's all encouraging and wonderful. But, you know, you really need messages where, where you have the meat you can hear something and go, ooh, maybe that porn thing is going to disqualify me. I think I should repent tonight. And it's good to hear messages that puts, puts the, the finger of God on stuff because you don't want to be disqualified. See, you can turn me off right now if you're online. But if you get up and walk out right now, we're all going to know you're offended. <laughs> Pastor Vince, the All-American Square is going to have to hunt you down. We're going to pray for you and love you and help you. Don't touch that dot. Second Timothy 4, 6. Go to verse 6. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering. And the time has come for my departure. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. He defines running in two ways here in this text. Writing to Timothy, the Apostle Paul. Defines running in A, overcoming evil. Or overcoming the devil. You're going to have to overcome the devil. Whether you like it or not, you have an enemy who hates you. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And brethren, you're going to have to deal with him every single day of your walk with Jesus. You're going to have to deal with the power of darkness. Sometimes it's easier. Sometimes it's not as easy. You're going to have to, secondly, stay strong in faith. Stay strong in faith. We need each other. You stay strong in faith by accountability. You stay strong in faith by hearing. Hearing comes, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the, the word of God. You stay strong in faith by being in prayer. You stay strong and strong in faith by being in church. You stay strong in faith by doing the right thing even when you don't feel like it. That's what you do. That's how you stay strong in faith. You know how the, the, my, my key for overcoming evil and the devil every day? Just stay up in the Holy Ghost. Stay filled with the Spirit. Stay full of the Word. Stay in prayer. Stay in worship. Keep myself. Keep my gate steady. Love my wife. Do the basics, my wife says. If some of you are not feeling as close to the Lord as you used to be, 
Why don't you return to the basics? Truth is, many people don't know what the basics are. Let me just tell you. Get up and read your Bible, man. Read the Word of God. Get up. Close. Turn off CNN. Turn on the Bible, man. Turn on God. Get, get into the Word. Read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. When you're done, read it again. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. When you're done, read it again. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And every time you're around a fire with Jesus, imagine yourself there. What does it look like? What does it smell like? What's he saying? Let him talk to you. Understand who Jesus really is. And who understand who you really are. Let, the, let Jesus walk up and down the pages of your heart. Get in the Word. I will tell you, people are anemic and powerless in their walk with Jesus. Filled with self because you're not in the Word of God. I just preach myself crazy right there. You've got to get in the Word. The basics, get in the Word. Get in prayer. Read the Word, journal, and pray. Write stuff down. What did God say to you during that chapter? Write it down. Then pray. What is God? What are you believing for? Lord, heal me. Help me not to be so full of self. Help me with my anger problem. Help me not to be frustrated. Help me to be like Christ to my wife. Help me to respect my husband as the case might be. Help me to do the things that the Word of God says. Help me to run the race. Lord, if there's anything on the inside of me that would disqualify me, oh God, put your finger on it, because I want to finish. I want to see what you, the plan that you have for me and for this house. Lord, I want to see it come to fruition. Remove every obstacle. Give us a new wife, skin. Release your power. Oh God, nothing else will do. We don't want church. We want the, the fullness, the fullness of your power, the release of your kingdom. Oh God, won't you speak? Won't you serve? Won't you touch us and change us? Oh, Jesus. I just invited you into my church closet. I forgot where I was. I've been trying to bring my messages within the time zone, but I'm not doing it tonight. I just turned my own clock off. Because you need to hear this, and I feel an anointing to bring. He defines running the race in two ways overcoming the devil, staying strong in faith. Everybody say, staying strong in faith. You've got to complete the task that God has given us. We must complete the task that God has given us individually and corporately. We know what the task is by seeking the Lord. By seeking the Lord. You know, we talked about Eagle River just now, a little while ago. So we're like, Eagle River, you didn't plant Fairfax water, you out of your mind. Yeah, got the mind of Christ, praise the Lord. We just dream it. We're dreaming of driving through Eagle River. I'm thinking, this is close. A lot of people are. Where's God? I see a few churches, but I don't hear of any great outpouring or, you know, revival in Eagle River. I'm sure there probably is some, but, you know, it's close. Might as well. Praise the Lord. Right? So can we just start a life group? Maybe we'll, we'll start a life group. I, I, I don't know. We have a family that lives in Eagle River. What are you doing? I'm dreaming. I'm dreaming. Seven churches within the next four years in Alaska. I'm dreaming. What have we got dream? Come on, Eagle River's good. That seems like logical. Dude, I've even prayed about Palmer. I drive past the old car. The only have to say church, church, church. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I got big buildings like that. I'll put 2,000 people in there. We must complete the task and the vision that God has given us. We know what the task is by seeking the Lord. When you pray, what is God saying to you? It's hard to stay on track if you don't get marching in words. It's hard to stay on track if you don't know the track. Some people feel they're all right with God because they, they just go to church. I, I, I want you to have a bigger picture of what it is for your life than just going to church. You can't go to church here long and not, not get vision on it. You need to be pushed. We all need a, a challenge is the right The Holy Spirit will let him push you. Lead you, really. Come on, say, Jesus, lead me. By your spirit. The devil will drive you, but God will lead you. Some of you need to hear that. What do you mean the devil will drive you? That means you, you, you'll get a thing or a, a, a vision from the Lord, some marching orders from God, and then the devil come and push it and they can try to happen now. Hurry up! Time's waiting! And God's like, days like a thousand years, thousand years like a day. 
Now, there are times when the light goes green from God, and you've got to do everything you can to run through. There's other times that you just need to wait on God and pray and be led and not be driven by the enemy. The enemy drives, God leads. Say it. The enemy drives, God leads. And you only know that by, by seeking Him. You know, we pushed this open, Fairbanks, before the close of last year. We got close to it, and we could have gone. We could have, we could have just gone, thrown the javelin. But then I lost my peace about it. I just thought, this is not it. I'm, we're forcing it. Hold up. I just felt like one said, whoa. <laughs> Pull the reins in. My wife and I prayed, prayed, talked to Dr. Morocco. Just felt like, no, we got to wait. I know we were pushing into the 12, 12, 12 thing. You remember that? Some of you are like, what? <laughs> we were pushing to the 12, 12, 12 vision. We were believing for it to happen, but it just didn't come together. It was forced, so we didn't do it. We kept on, kept on track as we prayed, as we, as we sought God. Now, things are different. Praise God. Amen. Reverend, God's given us a plan. You should see Minister Tim weep over Fairbanks. Next time he's down here, I'm just going to talk to him about Fairbanks and have him just share a little bit. He'll just start crying. He's got a burden, he's got a burden for the native people in Fairbanks. He's going to go to Fairbanks, and God's going to do something great there. Amen. Brooms, they have a burden for wherever they can get plugged in. No, really. They're like, you know, just, they're just willing. They're like, is there a need there? We're right. Praise God. All right, we complete the task that God has given us. We know the task by seeking the Lord. Secondly, by knowing your gifting. Everybody say, by knowing your gifting. Know your gifting. Paul knew his. Know what yours is. You're not an accident. You have a purpose. He's placed gifts on the inside of you. The gifts, you'll see in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, also in Romans 12, catalog of the gifts there in the New Testament. Find out what your gifts are and use them. You say, really? Yeah, get involved in things. And, and when you get involved in ministry, get involved in serving people, you'll find your gifts start to be released. Many times it's the, the very desire of your heart, what you want to do is the very gifting that you have. I found that at other times, man, I, said, I didn't really want to do that, but as I labored in doing what I was doing, a burden came upon me and anointing to do the thing that God wanted me to do that I didn't know that I wanted to before that. Does that make sense? If it doesn't, you can play the tape over and over, and you've got to get revelation. Or the MP3, should I say. Everybody say, get involved. Do as many things as you can and do some of the things that you enjoy. I mean, get plugged in and the river will begin to flow through. Some of you don't know the joy it is to serve. You know, I, I, I walked by one of our, one of our greeters uh, today. And the joy I saw on their face, relatively new to our greeting world. And they're just like, hi, Pastor. I just thought, yes. They're experiencing the joy of greeting God's people as they come to worship the Lord. And, and, and generally, you can tell by their face that and they were, God was touching them. And what they'll find in, in the weeks and the months to come is they just started doing that. They'll find that blessing, that anointing come upon their life when they're in the job. Some people never know the joy of being in covenant, being, in, being committed, and following through. They never get planted. Do you know that, Pastor Alex? This is Minister Alex. Oh, you be Pastor Alex. Don't worry about it. Minister Alex, you know that? Some people never know the joy of serving in their life. Some people never know it. They're right, Pastor Vince. Where's Pastor Michael? <laughs> Some people never learn the joy of what it is to labor and to be committed. You know, I, I, I gotta tell you, I'm gonna bring this to a close. But I gotta tell you, when Dr. Morocco was here, he was on the front. Now, I've been with that man for 20 years. Give or take. Almost 20. And uh, so my dad, in the spirit, stood there next to me. I'm just thinking, man, this is awesome. I remember crawling in. I crawled. I crawled into the house years ago. Standing next to him, he says, This is great. I said, I know, isn't it awesome? He's like, Yeah. I said, God, I like, Yeah. And we just sitting there just went, Wow. I mean, it was explosive. The worship was just dynamic. Power of God. The place was full. And he looks over, over to this area, and he asked me, Is that, is that so and so? I said, as a matter of fact, 
It is. Now, he knew her because she grew up in the church. She was, she, he dedicated her. From what I remember, he, he dedicated her when she was a little baby. Now she's grown up. She left the islands. She went in the military, toured around, and now she found herself living in Alaska, found out that we're here, got plugged into our church, and is going for it. And he looked over and said, is he really? I said, yeah. He just, we walked over there. <laughs> he put his arm around her, and I thought, this is amazing to work with people for a lifetime. For a lifetime. Living in covenant. Loving each other. Being there when people die. Being there when people are born. Being there through the hard times, through the times of joy. Learning to run the race together. God has given us a vision. God has given us a vision, but a vision to fulfill. I want to invite you to be a part of it. Yeah, you have a vision for your own life, but I will tell you, when you get to be in a, in a vision that's corporate, your own personal vision comes about. If you never learn to serve in another vision, then you'll never understand what it means to fulfill your own. There's more work here than any of us can do. There's more work than any of us can do. You say, like, we already have a pastor in the church. We already have a, a youth leader. Are you giving me, give me a break? We need to plant a hundred churches. We need a hundred pastors. We need a hundred worship leaders. Make hundreds, hundreds. It's not things small. Thousands. I mean, there is no limit to what God can do. There is no limit. He's just looking for a people who say yes. He's looking for a people who say, I'm going to run the race. I'm going to finish the course. I'm going to set my gate. Set my gate. Set my gate. Set back. I'm going to finish what you called me to do. Ah! I'm going to do it. Recognize your spirit-led hope or recognize your spirit-led vision. Remember, I've, we've taught on this and it was taught to me. It's not some revelation that I come like something that's been imparted to me. God will place things, hope on the inside of you. A hope to do something in Romans chapter 15, verse 24, the Apostle Paul says, I plan to do so when I go to Spain. I hope to visit while passing through. And to have you assist me on my journey after I've enjoyed your company for a while. Come on, God has given you dreams and hopes. They're not to torment you. It's not a pipe dream. Unless you don't have the character and the integrity to be rigorously honest with yourself. And to deny yourself. If you do not deny yourself, you will be disqualified. That's not God's will. We all need to learn to pick up our cross daily and follow Him. And to teach our kids to do the same thing. To live together. In covenant. Fulfilling a dream. Fulfilling a vision of reaching the state of Alaska. Reaching the United States of America. Reaching the nations of the earth. Come on, if you've got a song, now is the time to sing it. If you've got a gift, now is the time to release it. If you've got, come on, what God has given you and trusted you, you be faithful and you use that thing. You find an expression for that. You get committed. Get plugged in. Don't be wishy-washy. Don't be a fruitcake Christian. Don't do it.
take Christianity and allow it to make me sick. Give me an amen, Alex. Amen. Minister Alex, Pastor Alex. We've got to deny ourselves. We've got to move forward. Come on. How many of you want to run the race and finish? Look at our last point. Continue to evaluate whether you're on track or not. Paul constantly did that. Are you on track tonight? Are you? I've had people say, Pastor, am I on track? I, you know, I can only, I can only discern certain things. I mean, between you and God, you got to ask him that question. You've got to ask God whether you're on track. Are you on track tonight? If you're not on track, get back on track. Don't be derailed. Get back on track. I don't know if it's in your notes, but it's in mine. Personal vision, corporate vision. They really kind of go together. You, you be a part of a corporate vision. I will tell you, and I know we've got people visiting from other churches, and we're thankful you're welcome to come and visit us. Praise the Lord. But for KC, this corporate vision is so big that whatever, you, if you have a vision to touch bikers, do we have a bikers ministry? You better praise the God, I'm starting it this spring. <laughs> Lord willing, the creek don't rise. And my wife lets me, come on. Don't ever do anything out of agreement. Do we have a knitting ministry? No, but if you want to start one, you come and talk to my wife afterwards and we can organize it, get you through some training, get you going. Do we have a scrapbook ministry? Not that I'm aware. Do we have a scrapbook ministry? Any scrapbookers out there? Donation. Come on, one. There's a scrapbooker. Look at Look, look. Oh! Ah. Yeah. We can start a scrapbook ministry, get together and scrap together. There is no limit to what we can do. He said, well, I want to I plant a church in Tanzania. Awesome. Come get trained, submit, learn, grow, get through some education, learn to develop some life groups. We'll help you. We'll train you. And when the time is right, boom, off to Tanzania you go, baby. We'll start a church in Tanzania. Are you serious? Totally, absolutely, 100% serious. Yes. He said, what happened? It's not happening then. Because you can't, you, you, have to, you have to, you can't release ministry unless the level of trust is there. And then that, that happens over a course of time. Amen. Ministry is released based on trust. And if you do it without that, you will have church splits, problems, gathering people everywhere. I'm not doing that. Doctor's not doing that. We ain't doing that. We're going to release people healthy. There's going to come exponential release. We will see seven extensions in the next four years. By the glory of God, can you say amen? amen. Can you say amen? amen. We will build a 24-hour, seven-day prayer center. It's going to happen. God's going to give us his school. He's going to do it. Come on. It might be Eagle River. It, come on. I don't know all that God's doing, but we're going to see the fulfilled vision. Somebody say, I'm going to see the vision that God has fulfilled for my life and for my church. We are, stand up on your feet saying, we are, we are going to fulfill the vision. Say it again, say, we are going to fulfill the vision. Say it all together, ready, one, two, three. We are. Hallelujah. You just pray right now. Begin to ask the Lord what you should do. 
You can sow a seed tonight for the vision of KC, but on the back of your envelope, it can be for the fulfilling of the vision that God's given you. You gotta learn to give, you gotta learn to sow. Amen. Ushers, would you help me please start it from the front? You just ask the Lord what you should do. If you get two numbers, the low one's the double. Leanna Clark, stand up on your feet. Got a word for you. This is the word. Right where you are, smile. The visions and the dreams and the desires of your heart that God has placed in there, even from the time you were a small girl, are going to be brought about. There has been fiery darts of the wicked one that have been fired and you, upon you, and you have extinguished those in recent days, and the ones of the past you've pulled out through prayer, through accountability, by the power of my spirit, my word. This next season, as you walk through, I'm going to remove some of the obstacles that have, that have hindered you, and I'm going to release my blessing, my favor upon you and your family, and you are going to see great release of blessing in your home. Though it might look like breakdown at times, it really is breakthrough. Oh, that's the word. Though it might look like a breakdown at times, it really is breakthrough. Don't be moved by what you see or what you hear, but be moved by my spirit and let your heart be open. Let your ears be attentive to even the communications that would come from within as well as without. And I'm going to show you which way to go. I'm going to lead you and I'm going to guide you. I've called an open heaven to come over you because of your prayer life and your brokenness before me. And I'm going to cause your family to come under a, a wave of the power of the Spirit of God. The river I see, the river running through your home is because you've been faithful, because you've prayed. You've laid up for yourself prayers and alms before the throne of God as a memorial. And God has seen fit even to answer your heart's cry. But it's going to look like breakdown before breakthrough. When the breakdown comes, it's not a breakdown. It's not the devil. It's God purging stuff. It's God cleansing some things and bringing healing. You're going to come all the way through that and you will find your daughters in ministry. You will find even your father, your, 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 your husband in ministry. You will see the fullness of the blessing of God coming upon your home like you dream, like you declare, like you, I prophesy to you breakthrough in your family, breakthrough in your finances, breakthrough in your life, breakthrough in every area in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Good work. Did you make it out of check? Make it out to KC. Pastor Vince, come stand right here. Pastor Vince and Abel. Come on. We're doing a little... Believe in God here. Come on, bring your, bring your wives with you. Come stand. We're going to give. And this is going into the vision of KC and expanding. Here's what we're going to do. Just two buckets. Uh, uh, Pat. I was going to call you Pastor Pat. I'm calling everybody Pat. Who knows? Uh, uh, you give two buckets to either one of these guys. Come on, everybody do something. Just believe right now. Stand up on your feet. Someone in love the word of the same. We're going to have some giving music. Thank you, Jesus. Whatever you feel is fine. Reach your hands out, north, south, east, and west. Come on, let's pray. And then we're going to come in front you just drop it in one of these buckets. We will see the vision fulfilled in Alaska. We will see it come to pass. You will see the vision fulfilled in your own life. Amen. Amen. But you got to run the race. you got to deny yourself. you got to remove every obstacle. you got to be praying. Overcome the devil. you got to be led. you got to seek God. you got to use your gifts. Did you get something tonight? Heavenly Father, we thank you. Come on, lift your voice and pray. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in KC. Lord, we thank you for the vision of KC, Alaska. Lord, we pray and believe that you are going to cause us for the next four years to have seven extensions in this land. You raise up many people in ministry here. Help us with the school. Help us with what you've called us to do. The larger vision of 120 churches in the next four years we believe God for. 
Jesus. And now I pray that your people still would see that you would release vision for them and that you would give them everything they need to bring and walk in a new dimension to fulfill the very dreams of their hearts. Fulfill vision for families. Fulfill individual visions as we labor together corporately. In the name of Jesus and all God's people said,
Come on, pray to the person on your right, person on your left. Check to the person on your right and left. Come on, Pastor. 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 Come on, Pastor.